although it can feel like it at times, the year doesn't just happen to us. We shape it by the choices that we make, the actions that we take. Sometimes those choices and actions are proactive. Other times they are reactive. But one of the things that helps to give our year some direction and some focus are the goals that we have. And we're going to talk today not only about our goals, but the power of them, the power of intentions, and the power of boundaries. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money, because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I am so delighted to have my dear friend and colleague, Paula Edgar, here with me again. <laughs> today to do our second round of goals and the year compass and to just have a really, you know, um, raw <laughs> conversation about where we are with our goal setting and experience so far this year. So without further ado, Paula, hi. <laughs> hi, everyone. I was like, ooh, this is going to be spicy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody! It's it's good to be back in uh, 2023. It's um it's been a start of a year. Oh my God! I you know, um, and we'll get into this as we talk some more. But I had my therapy session before now, and I was just saying how you know this year it just has not gotten off to the start that I thought. Like the whole. <laughs> value of taking quote unquote a month off and starting the year off in another country. I am grateful for all the things and yet it has not, you know, shown the uh, fruits that I was expecting. And so I am literally finding myself skidding into home base as I come to you today to chat with our folks. <laughs> um. I, I love that you used to get into home base because I know you're a baseball fan, but I, um, I feel like I, I've been saying over and over again for the past two weeks that I'm panting. Like, I'm like, I'm rushing, I'm rushing, I'm rushing. There's always something else to do. And um, my therapy session this week was really focused on um, disconnecting uh, my expectations from what is actual. Yeah. And, and so um my expectation was to um, start the year <clears throat> in a very calm and a very sort of um, holistic and loving and just wonderful, relaxed way. And instead it was like, pew! <laughs> it was like, and we're off to the races. Um, and, yeah. and I just feel like I've been galloping ever since. And there's not an end to that galloping sight for a few months. And so... Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a wild ride of 2023. Yeah, totally. I agree. I agree. And it's so funny because um, I will reveal it when we get to that portion. But mm -hmm. I think I finally found my word for the year. Oh, yes. And it's all connected to how talking about the acceptance and, um, you know, leaning into how things are, the mm -hmm. word perfectly is in alignment with that. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a fan of the word of the year. It's yes. something that drives me every single year. And um, I love reflecting back on the words that I chose at the end of the year to see how it actually played out in terms of my intention and in the, the actual way it did. And every year, even if I didn't expect it to be that way, it still had, um, each word had a significant meaning um, for me in that year. So, <clears throat> oh, can we start um, there? Can you share what sure. your word was last year and then examples of how that manifested? I can, but I'm going to give you an even better example. Okay. <laughs> my, my word of the year for 2020. <laughs> for 2020. Okay. Was unstoppable. <laughs> how about that folks? <laughs> <laughs> and, and what, as I look back, you know, I think about it as literally like you can't stop me in terms of of going forth and doing and doing what I wanted. And what it was was I stopped, but I didn't stop. 
right right like I paused but I didn't stop I pivoted because we didn't have a choice right right? and so what I started the year with and what I reflected on was very different um last year's word was engage and I did I mean I um you know this was the first year back from being um you know in in travel mode and I was determined to be amongst people again. I'm I'm a, a huge extrovert. I love people. Um, and as much as I have already found value and had found value before 2020 in Zoom, I just, I need to be around people, the energy of folks. And so I started off in March and I traveled, uh, I calculated it. My husband and I was almost 35,000 miles. Wow. And, and that's just in travel for business as opposed right. to travel right. otherwise. So, so I was hip hopping. Yeah. I've got airline status I never had before. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Rock it out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't remember mine for 2020. So mm-hmm. much of, you know, the, the crux of the pandemic and immediately after is a blur. But mm-hmm. my word for last year um, was brave leaps or my phrase for last year was brave leaps. And there were definitely examples of me doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll share more details. But yeah, absolutely. Brave leaps were, were taken. And for me, the way that I described a brave leap was uh does it scare me mm-hmm. um and does that does that how does that leap stretch me in any way i think that's the underlying current to my word of this year yeah 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 um yeah. which I'll, I'll wait till you say yours and i'll say more. okay <laughs> Yeah. Does it, does it stretch me? Um, or, or does it, does it prompt me? And I guess maybe that's just another way of saying stretch. Does it prompt me to do something that while I may not be comfortable in the immediate, I know it will be beneficial in the long term. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, my therapist always said, Growth begins where comfort ends. Growth begins yes, where exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. for, for folks that don't know, we did this uh, last year and I should have pulled up the episode number, but you can just Google it. <laughs> Google my name plus Paula's and goals. It will come up. Um, and we used this uh, tool that actually Paula introduced me to called the Year Compass to kind of guide how we reflected on the past year and planned ahead for the year to come. So what we thought we would do today is share with you all our answers to some of the questions. And so I'm going to begin with, pay- with page five, and I just need to bring it back up for the exact question but it's on page five and ah, I had it up ready to go okay here it is uh page five and it's starting with uh the past year and it has a number of different buckets so it's like this is what my last year was all about and the different buckets are personal family and life career friends and community relaxation physical health fitness mental health self-knowledge Habits that define you a better tomorrow. So I've got a few I'd like to share, but do you want to go first from any of those buckets? Yes. And um, just as FYI to the listener, um, usually I have delved much deeper into this by by this time. And a part of that galloping in has been that I haven't um, done it. So you're really catching, I think me, but both, both of us yes. in a space of, really reflecting in real time. And I think there's a magic to that as well. Yeah. And also the lesson that you don't have to have everything perfect for it to be um, impactful. And so, yeah. yes. Um, the one that stood out for me is the relaxation, hobbies, and creativity. Ooh, love that. Yes. And because this year I um, incorporated into my self-care, into my wellness, and into my want and desire to have um space and time for myself that was carved out is a weekly massage mm. and uh, I remember thinking like oh my gosh I could never incorporate something like a weekly massage because 
first of all, that's rich people. <laughs> like I have more than money and mindset, right? <laughs> and and then I thought, when I don't take the time, I don't actually rest in a space and get in that space so that I can make money, so that I can, right? So it's really good, you know, taking a step back, resting in order to propel forward better. And it has been um, a lifesaver so much so that I'm like, she knows when something's wrong. She'll be like, okay, what happened this week? And I'm oh, like, wow. I'm like, thank you for knowing me. Thank you so much for knowing me. And that's, that's that is powerful. A, it is. It's a powerful thing. And, you know, especially as we talked before about um, how I was sick the previous year, mm-hmm. um, having that connection to, you know, how I'm feeling on yep. a consistent basis for me was a really important part of, of this year. So along with therapy, this yep. massage has been game changing. Oh my God. I love that. I love that because I love the reminder to stay in tuned with your body. So even if you're not able to do massages every week, what is that thing that helps you to be connected to your body? Because your body can often give you clues that you might not be able to verbalize, but will give you clues that something is amiss and you need to address it. 100%. 100%. What about what's one thing that stood out? So two two things. One from the personal category. Um, I I've worked with therapists in the past, but this last year, now it's been a year, I just made a a new commitment. So I started working with him in February. So it'll be a year in a couple of weeks. And game changer. (laughs) Total game changer. Um, and the thing that I went in with you know, yeah, that needed to be addressed, but oh man, the things I thought I had already addressed from previous therapy, I was like, oh, I guess this is coming back again. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> what, what is old is new again all the time. And yeah, therapy. yeah. And you, you know, what you find is there's all these themes and recurring things that will come up to continue to try to teach you the lesson until you've gotten it. Yes. Um, and yeah, yeah. so you have, yeah. you're on therapy. I, I recommend it highly. There's tons of resources that you go online and find for um, low cost um, or sort of inclusive therapists that are aligned with your diversity mm-hmm. characteristics. So, um, you know, if you're thinking of something to commit to this year, I, you know, especially as we come out of or whatever we're doing for the pandemic, I encourage all of you to really think yeah. about therapy as something to incorporate. I highly recommend it myself. So that was one thing on the personal. The other thing on the personal was that I took two vacations that were real vacations, not like I traveled for work and I added on a day. (laughs) I was like, oh, that was my vacation. (laughs) Don't knock it back. You can still do that, but I hear you. I can still do that, but it had been such a long time that I took a trip that had nothing to do with work. And so that felt really good to give myself the space and the permission to do that. Um, and then, you know, you kind of spoke to this yourself when you talked about the energy from being back around people, mm-hmm. um, you know, business continued to do, to do well, thank God. But mm-hmm. what I really appreciated was being back in person. I did not realize how much I missed it. I knew I missed it, but I didn't realize the depth of how much I've missed being in person and vibing off of that energy. And I think, you know, you can still vibe on Zoom, obviously, but it is just different in person. And that just felt really refreshing. A hundred percent. And and as you were saying that, I thought to myself, you know, as a facilitator and a trainer, I I vibe off of folks when they are high energy and it just gets me. But I also with just reflecting, thinking about, yeah, there were some rooms that I was in and I was like, ooh, everybody's not in the energy space that I want them to be in. Um, and I and I also honored that because, you know, I start off my sessions with doing like a poll on how you're doing on a scale of one to 10. And it kind of helps me to hear from them before we even get started where they are. And I say, if you are at 10 and you're doing great, I want you to stay there. And if you are at one, my hope is to move you a couple of, a couple of spaces over in, in this session. Um, but there's been times, and you know, I, I talk about sometimes really challenging things where energetically people are like, womp, womp, I don't want to be in diversity training, <laughs> right? right? Or whatever it is. And um, I had to re- remind myself of some of the strategies and tools that I use to help people's energy get up or to mitigate it for myself so that it's not impacting me as a presenter. Exactly. Exactly. You know, a real quick story. 
Um, I, this was years and years ago, but I remember doing this session and it was up in Albany and it was for um, an, an association of professionals and administration for colleges throughout New York State. Mm -hmm. And there was this one gentleman that if you if you just only paid attention to body language, it would have been like, this man is not feeling me at all. Well, fast forward a couple of months later, I get a phone call and it's like, so-and-so gave me your name, who got your name from so-and-so, who got your name from so-and-so. I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Those three people removed, it was that gentleman who had his hands crossed and he was, you know, the dean of, and I'm being evasive for a reason, but he was a dean and he was like, we want you to come and talk to our students. So I did. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, but so they paid me an honorarium. And then he gave me an envelope. And, you know, in the speaking world, you don't open the envelope in front of people. So I didn't open the envelope until I was on the train coming back to New York. Um, and it was a personal check wow. of three figures wow. with a beautiful note that said, I loved your presentation in Albany. I am so glad you made the time to come and chat with our students please spend this on something for you. Oh my gosh. Wow. What I still a have that letter. Oh, that's so oh beautiful. My. And so I share that because I think sometimes when we are looking out and we're mm -hmm. looking out at how people's posture is or their energy, we mm -hmm. could very well misinterpret it. So the fact that you have a, a process for even kind of managing your own so that you're not reacting to it because you may have the wrong reaction. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it, I mean, even across arms when you're in a room because so often hotels and conference rooms are so cold. Yeah. They can't take cross arms. Right. I, you know, my, my gift from the pandemic was I'm now anemic. I'm freezing all the time in my <laughs> and my toes. So I'm like <laughs> trying to warm myself and it doesn't mean I'm not enjoying what I'm seeing, but it does right. mean that I'm cold. And so- right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Don't do not make assumptions just based on body language. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. So now the next one is on page six. And again, we're still in um, the mode of looking at the past year, but page six is about six sentences about the year. So we've got wisest decision, the biggest lesson, the biggest risk, the biggest surprise, the most mm -hmm. important thing that you did for others or that you completed? I've got two. Why is this so decision I'm, or biggest I'm, risk? I'm in real time right now. So. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, I know I have the wisest decision. I know that um, for sure. Um, and there's two. One is a personal, one is a, is a, um, a professional. And they both have the same theme, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> the, the, the theme is outsourcing. Um, yeah. It's outsourcing and it's also getting resources to to assist. So um, one, Jacquette knows intimately because she's a part of it and it is um, developing and committing to infrastructure for my business by getting support for myself. Mm -hmm. So um, everybody's shocker, I am not perfect and I can't do everything. <laughs> and such, uh, having that realization uh, and and being able to be thoughtful enough to know what I don't know and brave enough to trust somebody else with the stewarding of, um, of what they do know better in order to support my business um, was a decision that I made. And both of them are connected to Jacquette because one was my therapist <laughs> recommended me to find a financial coach because money has always been a challenge for me. And although I knew Jacquette do, through social media, we didn't like know each other, know each other. And so one was the commitment to, to do that and then to continue throughout the year in terms of coaching Jaquette. But then Jaquette referred me to my other, my, my core, we have team Paula, actually both, more than two, um, in terms of um, Rushi of Watch uh, Watcher Prosper. Uh -huh. She uh, manages all of my financial pieces and all of the, the bookkeeping and really, again, aligned with everybody else thinking about strategy. And that has been such a helpful thing um, because I'm not good at it. And because I'm not good at it, I also know I don't need to be good at it, but I do need to understand it. And so everybody yes. is in the space of helping me understand um, and getting me to a place where I can now forecast and reflect in a much better way than I had been ever able to do before, even though my business is X years old. And the second piece is also outsourcing and something that 
I knew wasn't going to work if I tried to do it myself. And that is helping my daughter with her college process. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a high school senior and, um, and her school didn't really have the resources that I wanted them to have in terms of helping her with her college um, planning process. But I have a really great friend, Megan, and she, um, she's a college coach and she um, said, look, I'll do it. (laughs) And it was the best thing ever because for those of you out there who are parents, you know that your child will listen to you for some things, but also not listen to you for other things. And there's no harm or reason to what those things are going to be. Um, and so I was able to whisper in Megan's ear about some things I wanted my daughter to think on. She would then relay it in a way that my daughter didn't think was coming from her mother. And, um, you know, in terms of one of the um, the best pieces of last year, too, is my daughter getting into six of her early decision colleges. I'm very proud of the um, effort, the collaborative effort of all of us, but um, the yeah. strategy of having yeah. somebody on board. Totally. Oh, my God. I love all of that. <laughs> and, you know, I love me some Ruchi, and I love uh, the role that Megan is playing. <laughs> so what, about yours? what are your two? Um, so my wisest um, has to do actually with the same thing in terms of outsourcing and hiring folks to do what you don't know either how to do or just simply is not a good use of your time. So one of the things that I have been wanting to do for probably two years is migrate from one email marketing platform to another, but it always just seemed like a really daunting process. And I decided once I met someone who was proficient with both platforms and they, and that's their business. I was like, oh yeah. And still, you know, Melissa, who's on my team, we still had to do some work, but it was never to the point that would have been required if we were doing the migration ourselves. And they literally did so much. Like we had to do a lot on the front end to give them the data. But then once they had that, them setting everything up on the new platform, oh my God. It was just, that was worth every single penny. Mm-hmm. And similarly, the wisest decision that was also my biggest risk was deciding to work with a speaking coach. Yes. Now, I have been speaking since 1996, and I know I'm really good at it, but mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I've worked with other coaches before, but I've never worked with a speaking coach. And I really want to take this to another level. So maybe I can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but then also I had to confront that little voice that was like, but I've been doing it for so long and what are they going to tell me and what am I going to have to change? Like that resistance that goes along with it. But oh my God, because one of my concerns was, you know, how do we do this while we're flying the plane? Because mm-hmm. I had talks to give and they had a really smart process for well, we don't have to do everything. We can just tweak one thing at a time. And I'll tell you, I started working with them and maybe two weeks later or three weeks later, I had a speaking gig. I just changed one slide, the position of one slide at their recommendation, boom, game changer. And wow. now I'm just like an ambassador. <laughs> it's true. I cannot it say enough. And just so, so let, let me say their names. It's Mike Ganino and Claude DeVita of the Mike Drop Method. They are phenomenal. Love them. So that was both my wisest decision and the biggest risk because it, you know, it also exposes a lot. Cause as you know, when you are being coached and you go and do your homework, it's not just the homework. It's the stuff that comes up as a part of doing the homework. And you're like, whoa, again, this is therapy packaged a little bit differently. <laughs> All facts. And the, the irony of that, I'm sitting here talking to my coach is not lost on me, but yes, it is true. It is true. It, it You know, if it's done well, it's supposed to catalyze you. It's supposed right. to, right? you're not supposed to stay where you were after getting information and right. strategy and reflection yeah. from someone else. Yeah. Um, I yeah. used to say that coaching, because, you know, I, I used to coach people individually as well, is like having somebody's foot in your back. Yeah. Right. And yeah. every now and again, I'm like, there's Jacquette's footprint. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. But it works. You know, mm-hmm. like I can't, you know, when you think about why you go into coaching or getting coached, it's because you want to, you know, I call it engage your hustle. You call it brave leaps. 
all of those things in there to say that no matter how good I am, mm-hmm. I can always get better. Yeah. No matter what it is, somebody can give me another perspective to make me reflect and at least double down on my strategy if I think it's great. Yeah. Or incorporate something that is fantastic and new. And we can all, I think, you know, when you stop iterating, when you stop innovating, then you're gone. Right. Right. So, so yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So then the next section is page seven and this is all about the six questions and the six questions of the past year. What are you most proud of? Who are the three people who influenced you? Who are the three people you influenced? What were you not able to accomplish? What is the big thing you discovered about yourself? And what are you grateful for? <laughs> um, I'm always the most proud of the that I haven't been stagnant. Mm. Right. And and sometimes when I look at this question or even think about me being proud, I often um I'm looking for meeting of a goal and I pivoted for that really strategically this this past year but just in general in being proud of any movement mm-hmm. right just not being where I was before right. um and I I saw something on Instagram the other day that says that you shouldn't be trying to be the old you you shouldn't and mm-hmm. like, right? and, I, and I was like no but I like the old me right right but, Again, similar to what I just said, it's that always constantly innovating. And and I grew so much this past year just in being open to having conversations about what I could do differently and better. That's mm-hmm. a growth space. And, yeah. and especially when I'm always in a place of giving people advice and, and sh- sharing my expertise, it's a humbling place to be in, to be in the receptor and to be engaged right. in, um, in feedback. And so I'm proud, I'm most proud of... Um, of being in that space and consciously being in it. So, yeah. I love that. I love mm-hmm. the any movement because it's 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 a reminder to give yourself credit, mm-hmm. right? Whether you know, whether like if I use the example of running, whether I run a loop or I just run 20 minutes, <laughs> that's progress. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I'm not running nowhere though, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Which one, which one you so I'm gonna do two things: most proud, and then the who. So mm-hmm. I'll start with the most proud. So I am most proud of um, discovering that I doubled the my average sales price. Okay. And so here's why that was a big deal: because my total number was actually less than my last year's number. And initially I was kind of bummed, but then when I realized, wait a second, it took me 62 sales to make the revenue that I made in 2021 and half of that to make the revenue that I made, which wasn't dramatically off, but it was still off for 2022. So I was like, that is good. (laughs) If you look at it, just like, if you're, if you don't just look at the bottom line number but you look at, oh, wait a second, this is telling me something about my sales, right? Mm-hmm. So how that, and so I'm, I'm proud of doubling my average sales price mm-hmm. um, or sales per price, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what that has inspired me to make as a goal for 2023 is, well, how can I have the same number of sales, but double my revenue? Mm-hmm. I and like so it. That, and, and so with that comes a lot of stretching. <laughs> Right. And like, well, what do I need to do differently? And how do I need to do those things differently? So uh, that's the most proud and the who. So folks, just so you know, she does not know I'm going to say this, but the who inspired me is Paula. And so, yes, I, you know, work with her as well. And I'm her coach and all of that. But I think in all coaching relationships, if it's, if it's really working, the coachee is teaching the coach as well. And one of the things that Paula continues to teach me is this whole notion of moving beyond asking for permission. Just damn ask. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you can, just tell. Because 
And and so the, and so the, for for folks that are like, well, what the hell does that mean? I'll put it in the, into into context this way. We both are speakers. We travel, and you know, Paula has a clause in her agreement of how she wants to travel. And I was like, and you know, if you could do, and she's like, no, just ask for what you want. <laughs> Don't ask them for permission to travel how you want to travel. And it was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I want to take a pause here, right? Because there's a this, this piece for me is an, an intersection of what I do and who I am, right? And and I work a lot in advancing conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I work with a lot of people who from marginalized communities. And one of the re the reasons why we feel as if we have to ask is because we have not had the privilege to be in a space to think that we could. Mm -hmm. So. One of the ways that I shift and change some of the perspectives is to actually shift and change perspectives. So right. again, I have a privilege of I'm, I'm an attorney. So there's some things that override other places where you might not perceive my privilege, but one of those is my contract, my agreement, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm saying I am traveling first class and you will be in person. Mm -hmm. The end, right? right? Now, again, everything is negotiable, but what's not negotiable is the, the standard of travel. So right. we can figure out what you're going to actually reimburse, et cetera. And again, it's not really a place that I enjoy or even tend to have to negotiate. Most people are like, you know what? We want you to show up fresh, new, ready to go. Yep. So they do, right? Yep. And it's cool. But the times in which that negotiation or the conversation has to happen, what is clear is not where I'm going. I'm not going to, I'm not sitting right. in the back. I'm right. Sitting, right. Right. <laughs> and, right? Uh, and, and that's important for me. And that's a, a, a place where I've said to people, Say what you want. Yes. But know what you need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so and the overriding is the what you need in that. And I know that I need my my new pandemic Paula Barbie doll is sitting up front. <laughs> like, oh my God, I totally love that. <laughs> Paula baby doll. You know? <laughs> oh my God. I totally love that. I totally love that. Okay. I'm being mindful of time. You have a hard stop at 12, right? I don't. Oh, okay. But, perfect. But I have to share something with you. So okay. you're on my list too. Of my oh. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, it's reciprocal. Um, <laughs> but again, not just because of the work we do, which, you know, I, I often, um, find that my friend, my my work folks become my friends, and my friend folks become mm -hmm. work when I can, um, because that intimacy helps to give perspective and helps with the trust in hearing where somebody else who I don't have that developed, I might not right. <laughs> listen in another way. And also, when you develop the those two lines, you know when to push back, right, and you know when to retreat, and that's right. an important place, right? Like, because you, you know, one of the first things we did was talk about values. Right. And what those things are, because it helps you to align with, all right, well, I know, yep. you know, I'm never going to say to Paula X because right. it's a value thing. And it's something I used to do with my clients as well. And I appreciate the thought in it, into it. Um, and, and so that's just my little commercial for it works when you work with your kid. <laughs> <laughs> the other person is my husband and he's always on my list because he influences me because he's, he is the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. That is awesome. And I love him in general. And I love him for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. Woohoo. Um, okay. Page eight, best moments. What were your best moments? Oh gosh. The 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 blessing that I think about this question is that there were so many. Mm -hmm. 20, mm -hmm. There were really so many. And I think about big ones. And I think about small ones that just were like, they just made my heart sing. Um, the one that just that stands out the most right now, though, to me is going to the Usher concert in Las Vegas. Oh, you so told me. My husband that. and I, we, um, we take an annual trip to Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. It's one of my favorite places to go. Um, and I said to him, like, I want to go see Usher. And he said, okay, I'm going to get tickets. Now, I, if you have not been able to ascertain this, I'm a very type A. I have again, and standards about where I'm going to sit at a concert too. But I left it to him and he said, don't worry about it. I got this. So we get there and I knew that he was going to be some kind of VIP thing just because he knows. We get there, they whisk us to VIP and I see us walking. I'm like, why aren't we going to the chair? What's happening? 
we go backstage and I was like, wait, what? Our seats were on the actual stage, like on the stage. <laughs> and it was just a magical experience. And like my husband, he's an Usher fan. Everybody's got some Usher song they love, but I'm an Usher fan. Like I have been listening. <laughs> I have been listening to all of the every Usher album leading up to make sure that you know I, I'm a, I'm a you know a lyric ruiner. I don't I, I have my own lyrics fine, but I wanted to know the actual lyrics. And my husband is like, I wanted it was an experience where he's like, I wanted you to have the experience. And there's a picture that I took of him where I took turned around when I, and took a picture, and I love taking pictures. And he's smiling at me, smiling about the kind. Just a wonderful experience. So that's that's the one there were but there were many so tell that's me what's awesome going. that's awesome I think for me it was um two things one mm-hmm. literally just being back in person I just remember mm-hmm. the feeling of awkwardness because it's like all right are the social protocols the same like do you shake hands what do you do and so the oddness of it all um, the feeling of being back on a stage was really cool. And then I also think, um, the first time I went to Merida, uh, Merida, Mexico, and just, and it wasn't my first time in Mexico. It was my first time in Merida, but just the, um, this is going to sound weird, but the, the awareness that gentrification is not just happening in Brooklyn. Mm. That it is an that it is an international thing, that it cuts across all cultures, and I know that may sound weird as a best moment, but it was just illuminating and and sobering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So those those would be my my uh, best moments. Back I have another moment. And oh, please share. So y'all, <laughs> okay. So I love food, <laughs> right? Um, and I believe that meals should be like savored. And, and when you have a good meal, um, it should be memorable. Oh. So I had a meal at this um, restaurant maybe four years ago and it sat with me ever since. And it's from a restaurant in California in um, San Francisco called crustacean i mean even sitting here like my eyes had to swallow this now i was like oh my gosh um it they have they're known for their um dungeness crab it's soaked in butter it's like bathing in butter and garlic noodles so i was doing a speaking engagement at a a, um, retreat that was going to be in napa sorry in sonoma um so i you know you fly into you could fly into sonoma but i flew into san francisco for the day i had no agenda i just walked around for the entire day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in order to wait for the restaurant to open, I had the first reservation <laughs> and I sat down and the the waiter was like, what do you, you know, do you need the menu? I was like, I don't need the menu. I know exactly what I want. I want an old fashioned. I want a dungeon this crab and I want some, the noodles. And I sat there and I ate it and I, it just was like, you know, intentions, mm-hmm. actual actualization, and then savoring in the moment, mm-hmm. being present in the Love moment. That. So Love all of you, this restaurant does not pay me, but I am telling you, it is an experience. And there's multiple locations in California. So if you're not in, in Northern California, go get, but you must go. If you like seafood, this is a place for you. So crustacean. <laughs> oh my God. So first of all, I love everything about it. And I would add then to me, it would be the restaurant 130 in Merida. I do love me a steak. It's not something that I eat all the time, but mm. And that cowgirl steak or cowboy steak, yummy, yummy, yummy. (laughs) But one of the things that I just loved um, about not just your description, but Mm -hmm. even just your body's reaction to the memory is Mm -hmm. the combination of words, intention, actualization, and the savoring. Mm -hmm. Because I think far too often we don't savor the things that we accomplish experience um yeah and achieve yeah yeah no it's so critical it's true i mean you know i do an annual um intention and goal setting session um at the beginning of the year 
And, you know, it used to just be called a goal setting session. And I uh, incorporated intentions into it because I realized that even when I hadn't achieved some goals, that the path to getting to the goal, to, to, to striving for the goal, had so many wins and reflections um, and, and things that were actualized, even if it wasn't the actual goal, yep. that I was changing myself yep. by only focusing on the goals. Of course, I have goals, right. but the intention and that path towards the thing has so many wins in it that I wanted to acknowledge that. Um, and and it, it's, it's uh, again, such a shift that makes so much of a difference in terms of how you can be present to your the movement, like the movement that I was talking about. I love that. And how did you, because I know that you offer a goal setting workshop at the top of the year. How did you incorporate that into that experience this year? Um, one is I did a pre-survey for my attendees. So um, I have a lot of repeat folks who say year over year and like this is a part of their um, the start to the year. And I'm, I'm honored that, that, you know, we have that sort of um, connection with each other. But even for anybody who didn't take it before, and I had a lot, this year had 400 registrants, which is great, that thinking about actually asking people about what intentions, if any, that they set. And if they didn't set any, what they, I wanted them to start thinking about intentions they could set for the year. So not just goals, um, because I had the realization, and I think actually both you, my therapist, um, and Rushi were part of that thinking about it, right? Like, like honor honor the things on the path, honor right. the shifts that you're making to get to the space. Yeah. And then honor when you get there, right? And if you don't get there, you still have honored all the different pieces of yeah. it. And and I just know that that's everyone's experience, right? right? And it, it can change how we are um, are really giving ourselves grace mm -hmm. and also um, applauding ourselves um, strategically as opposed to yeah. just at the end of our, um, our paths. Yeah, totally. That whole, you know, and, and, and we were saying the same thing just differently, the whole idea around honoring the process and not just the results, I think is so, so, so critical. One mm -hmm. question that I have is in the session that you did, is mm -hmm. it helping people to see the intention of their goal or is it goals are on one side intentions on another? It's, it's more the latter, but okay. I do think, more, I think they're more symbolic than that, but it's more, it's more the latter. So it's, okay. it's thinking versus, so a goal I have is, so for example, I have a goal. I would like to take an improv class this year before September. That is a goal. So I have, it's specific, it's actionable, right? I've got right. all the, different, but my intention is to shift beyond my comfort level. Yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah. the two speak to each other. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> so that's, so yeah. that's how. I, um, I said it for folks, like, because a lot of goals can hit, can be under your, at that intention. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting because, um, in a way you're talking about how, as you were going through the year and going after your goals, intentions kind of bubbled up for you as, oh, this is something to pay attention to. For me, it was, um, expanding my perspective on boundaries and this, <laughs> of all places, this came to me as I was on a plane. <laughs> and I was coming back from Merida. And I was just thinking about, well, one, I was thinking about the parallels of a pilot and us mm -hmm. as being the pilots of our goals. So for those that might be interested, if you check out episode 159, you'll be, you'll be able to, to uh, hear my thoughts on that but it made me re reflect on the way i had been thinking of boundaries which is purely as a barrier mm -hmm. um because i do think that you know um boundaries are there as you've heard me say before to protect us not to restrict us but they are there to protect us right to help us to say no when we would perhaps want to say yes, to help minimize distractions and temptations, to um, help manage expectations and increase focus. So I think we do need the barrier element to our goals. But being on the plane <clears throat> made me think about the expanse of the horizon mm. and how when you are on a plane, you're being pulled 
to your destination mm -hmm. if we look at it as a visual. And so I was like, that's a bridge. <laughs> it's a bridge is going from one direction to the other. It's pulling you toward it. And as you, the more progress you make across the bridge, the more focus, or I should, say, I should say the end of the bridge comes into sharper focus. So if we equate that to the goal, hitting the goal or a milestone of the goal comes into sharper focus. And to me, it's really all about connecting to that vision that that goal represents, not just the goal. And so my conclusion was that it would be helpful to really kind of parse out when we are setting goals, well, what are the boundaries that I need to put in place to help protect the goal? But then also, what are the boundaries that I need to put in place that serve as a bridge to the goal? I, I heard three things. Boundaries, barriers, and bridges. Like the three Bs of that and the airplane piece. Um, so I was like trying to connect. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. And especially when you said to sort of see, you see um, as you get closer, it becomes clearer. I also thought about like when you have turbulence. <laughs> yes, yes. Same, when you have turbulence and that can become a barrier, that become an obstruction, but you're still on your way. Yes, absolutely. You're gonna get there. And I was yep. like, oh my God, yep. that's perfect. Yep. Um, and, and that in the actual vehicle, which is you, there's facilitators and actions that, that facilitate and there's actions that actually don't, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and what do you need to do to make your flight and navigating all of the spaces within that, within the trip mm -hmm. right, um, smoother? Yeah. One is you put your seatbelt on, you, you collaborate with the people who are on, right? Like yep. there's a lot of, of, of the things in there. Um, and the, the fact that thinking about boundaries, how it serves you versus um, prevents you from something mm -hmm. is such a huge thing because I have navigated um, embracing my no for at mm -hmm. least three or four years. Right. Um, and this last year, my no was strong. But this year, what I feel and my, one of my intentions is to like, my no is solid. And, you know, saying to you recently that my no is like a three-year-old toddler. I'm like, <laughs> no. And I'm not going to do it. And you can't make me. Um, and it feels good. Like it doesn't feel, I feel really good right. about where my note is. And that is in protection of me and in facilitation of the things I want. Yep. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, I think we need both sides because I think both is what really helps to, helps us to be successful. I think both is what creates that space, that time, that creativity, that energy, um, and depending upon the goal, maybe even some money. <laughs> Let, let's hope that it, it, it yes. involves abundance yes. in some way. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And before we move on to the the um the next part, the other thing that you know, and I I said this in the previous episode, but the other reason why I use the plane as the analogy was all of the things that happened before you even, before the plane that you're on even gets pushed away from the gate. Mm. And how much do we invest in all of the pre-planning and the pre-work? And you know, what are the measures we're gonna put into place for the turbulence we think we may encounter? Or what's the cushion that we put in place for the turbulence that we have no idea of what it will be or when it will hit, but we just know it's going to hit. Something's going to hit. This this morning, our mutual friend, Sonia, she's flying from Chicago here and she texted me and she said, it's snowing, there's a snowstorm here and we're at the gate because they're de-icing the plane. And my first thought was, good. I want all of that stuff. But I also thought that, Every time, and you know, you and I had a deeper conversation about some of the nuances of this, but every right. time there's a pause, right? Every time you have to sit, yes, <laughs> it gives you an opportunity for reflection. Yeah. And sometimes that helps with planning or thinking differently than you might have if you didn't do that. Exactly. And so I have I have come to to um honor the pause, even yes. if I don't like it. 
Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. Yep. Like, even if you're in your three-year-old toddler right, role, exactly. I completely understand. <laughs> okay. Let's go to uh, page 12. And on page 12, and folks, you know, if you wanted to, uh, I should have said this earlier, if you wanted to just visually uh, be on the same page with us, you can go to yearcompass.com and it will just show you all of the things. So that's one of the reasons why I am earmarking the pages for you. So now yeah. we're on page 12 and it's still the past year, but I would love to know what are, it says, choose three words to define your past year. What are your three words? Ooh. Passion. Mm. Growth. Joy. Love it. Mm -hmm. What about yours? So, of course, I, you know, had four instead of three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> cheater um I, I i wrote down evidence and mm -hmm. parenthetically i wrote uh success not a fluke mm. um because i think that there's always been a little lingering voice in the back that says this is not going to continue <laughs> you know and so it's like you've got more evidence so that would be one word mm -hmm. similar to you i had growth I don't know why I wrote robust because I don't know if it's that different from growth, but I wrote down ro robust mm -hmm. and then I wrote down stretched because I do feel like in some ways, uh, certain scenarios stretched me and in a good way. Mm -hmm. The next question is, I'm sitting here looking at the blank box on the page and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's the answer to that? So for everybody, the next question says, the book of my past year, a book or movie was made about your past year. What title would you give it? <laughs> Just, like, <laughs> I feel like, Ooh, first of all, wow. Like I, <laughs> like it, it, it is shifting me even thinking about yeah. what it could be. Um, and it's something like she did it mm. and, and, and it, and it has so many deep nuances. Yes. <laughs> but but it's like that. It's it's that. That's <laughs> amazing. So it's interesting because I skipped over that one because I didn't have an answer at the time I was doing it. I was like, oh, this is one too hard. But now as we're talking, I would say acceptance. Mm. Mm. And mm -hmm. I'm going to mm -hmm. say acceptance because I think this year was in many different ways around reconciling, accepting what is mm -hmm. relative to what I thought things would be, should be, and how oftentimes so much of my angst was because I was not accepting. Welcome to my therapy <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Expectations, man. Expectations. Yeah. And, and also recognizing that, you know, acceptance doesn't mean resignation to something that's not good for you, but it is also like, all right, this is this, I hate the saying, and yet it's so apropos. It is what it is. <laughs> that reminds me of my mother so much. <laughs> In what way? Because... Um, it's long story. I'm going to make it really short, but my mother, like my family used to take in, um, you know, essentially kids who were, um, troubled and I was in boarding school and there was a whole bunch of kids who were like still in my house. And one of the kids got pregnant oh. and the father <laughs> was like to my mother, she's pregnant. It is what it is. And she goes, no, it's not. It is what it is. <laughs> she, she called me and she was like, Paula, it is not what it is. So that just makes me laugh thinking about it was what it was. Right. It, <laughs> right. Can't take it back resistance. now. <laughs> right, exactly. But there was resistance. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Okay. So as we begin to wind down, um, the next question is on page 17. And it is the three things that you do in the morning or will do in the morning. Oh, I like this. 
so I can actually answer this truthfully. The three things I actually do in the morning, mm-hmm. which is one, I wake up at 545 in the morning. Two, I take at least five minutes to just breathe, to just be like, okay, I'm centering myself. And on most mornings, if I'm not traveling, then I work out. So mm-hmm. um, the 5.45 in the morning has been my commitment. So even if I don't work out, I know that that's a time when I'm thinking better and more clear and nobody else is around. Right. And so I really honor that time and that and those things. Um, so, so those are my already three. Now, it says will do as opposed <laughs> to have been doing. So I can, <laughs> it's definitely some things that I can incorporate into that bad boy that I need to do. Um, you know, to the point that I have recognized that that time is a, a time of clarity for me, Right. um, that, uh, I should be actualizing either a, something that I need to do for that day at that time, mm-hmm. um, or something that I want to do generally, uh, that I need to be clear for. So that might be writing or revising or planning in some way, but <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, I got to think more about the, what I need to do. I probably want to incorporate med- meditation more into my space as well so yes mine are um and i i do meditate journal as a a single one so meditate and journal exercise um but this last year and i want to continue i've gotten better with strength training because my doctor's Mm -hmm. like it's all good that you run but you need to do strength training and so Mm -hmm. i've gotten to the point now where i do that like three to four times a week Um, And sometimes I will do it even after a run. So I want to continue that. And then what's also really interesting, and I don't know what this means, if it means anything at all, but for someone who has been running for over 20 years, my body's just like, nope, I don't want to run. So I've just been walking. I've been walking at a fast clip, but I've just been walking and because I'm doing it every day, I'm actually doing more miles in the month than if I just ran, you know, three or four times a week. So I just find that that's really interesting. But moving my body um, is... What have we learned? You don't have to run, audience. Yeah. <laughs> I know for those of you that are like, what is she doing? Like one of my friends, I ran into them in the in the food co-op and they were like, oh, you know, I registered for the half marathon. Did you register? I was like, no, like I kind of felt bad that I had You can walk, you can walk the half marathon. That is true. That is very true. But you know, the inner co- competitor in me is like, oh, so I ran this before. <laughs> but, so meditate and journal, um, exercise and incorporating more strength training. And then um, getting back to reading, the mm. pandemic zapped my... Uh, I don't know. I just, I did not finish one book and I was someone that read at least one book a month at minimum. Mm -hmm. So I was inspired by a friend who was just like, they read 20 minutes every day. And I think they got through like 19 books and I'm like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that that's what I want as my morning routine. Do you count audiobooks or do you have to actually physically read it? I've never done an audiobook for someone who listens to a lot of podcasts. That's really interesting. I've never done an audiobook. And I am typically the hardcover book person. So what I have found for me since law school, I had me and, and holding a book is that we I don't love it. But if I'm holding a book and I really want to internalize and ingest the information, I listen to it and I read it at the same time. So that helps me with it, right? So that's my learning um hack. Uh because okay. I but just reading, like right now, I'm listening to Prince Harry's the spare book. Ooh, child, hearing somebody, <laughs> hearing somebody read their own stuff, like Michelle Obama's, um, uh, what is it? Oh, the Light Within. No, not the new one. The the one she did before. Oh, but, Becoming. Becoming. I was like, Belonging. No, Becoming was. I hated reading it, but listening to it ah. was amazing, and it's it won an Emmy for it. Oh for wow! So I would, I would, I challenge you to okay. listen to your book. And if you want a recommendation, Viola Davis's, hands down, one of my favorite, and so is Will Smith's, hands really? down. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to write it down. Yeah. Okay. I'm writing it down. I think I can send you a free audiobook. So I might just do, almost do that. I'll send you okay. a free my audible subscription. Yep. That works. Uh, okay. Do you want me to go first or you go first in terms of word of the year? You go first. You go first. Okay. So I 
struggling with this one, really struggling with this one. And I did a little mind map and the one word that came to me was forward. And so initially that was what I was going to share. Mm -hmm. But then through my therapy session this morning, I decided my word's going to be flow. Flow or float? Flow. F-L-O-W. Yes, yes, yes. And it's connected to, now that I'm thinking about it, it's connected to the title of my book, which would be Acceptance. Because mm. if we're in the flow, if you bump up against wind, for example, mm. you change your positioning so mm. that you're not trying to force your way through the wind. If you, you know, think about it in terms of being in the water and there's a current, you don't try to force your way through the current, you relax and you figure out, all right, well, where do I need to move so that I can go with the current and not try to force? So to me, it's all about the acceptance and not trying to force something, but how do I pause, reposition myself, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and maybe even financially, who knows? So that you can move with the flow. Like there's an ease with the flow. So I've determined that my word for the year is flow. F-L-O-W. I, I love that. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's so funny because the set, last year when we did this, um, I also, my mother was very present in the, in the spiritual space for me. But my mother, one of the quotes she would always tell me was, you can be the wind or you could be the leaf. Mm. And, and that is about not so it's about strategy and the way I internalize it's about strategy it's about deciding as opposed to just letting things happen but it also is about flow because the wind the slip wind determines the flow but sort of connecting that with the boundaries piece is that you can create momentum by setting boundaries with a flow right you can shift you can put a boundary and make something go so I love that those things mm -hmm. really speak to each other um, within that acceptance mind frame as well, too, because when we're resistant, nothing flows. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> That's a mic drop when we're yeah. resistant and nothing yeah. flows. <laughs> I mean, it's true. But that also is a great bridge to my word of the year, which you already know, which is advance. Yeah. And, um, and I chose it. I was going between um, elevate and advance. I knew it had to be going like moving forward, propelling forward in some way. And my husband was like, no, it, it sounds like an elevator. And, like, Don't do that. and uh, I was like, okay. but advance for me is collaborative. It is individual. It is a mindset. Like it's all about um, that sort of embracing of that engaged in my hustle. That is all, it's a core of who I also I am wanting to be and do better and not staying stagnant. And so um, advance is my word of the year. And you know, me not being able to even finish this or get as much as far into this as I usually would, <laughs> of how that has that intention right. and the work itself have actualized already. Right. <laughs> right. So right. Um, I love it. I love it. Advance with your flow. Flow into your advance. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of that. I love this. And I love our little tradition now and rituals. So we will come back and do this again next year, because I think for me, one of the key takeaways is even if we're using the same tool to frame the conversation, the conversation's not the same because of the things that have happened to us, for us, in us, with us, that changes, that evolves over the year. And so of course the conversation will change. 100%. And for all of you who are thinking about this, I will tell you that every year, even the times I've done it on my own and even doing it right now, it feels for me, um, it's uncomfortable, but it's a, it's a comfortable mm -hmm. space to get uncomfortable. Um, and and the, the whatever the takeaways are, they live within you, even if you haven't delved into them, but it's right. so powerful when you delve into them and actually can be present to what your learnings are and to what, what you want to do, that intentions as you go forward. So good luck. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. Well, 
everyone thank you if you are on youtube watching us thank you so much for joining us today if you are listening to us on whatever your podcast stream is thank you for that as well if you are on apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review and also please take a moment to follow paula so paula please share with folks where they can find you absolutely you can find me on every social media channel um i am uh, at Paula Edgar on LinkedIn, on Twitter, um, on Instagram. I'm the at the Paula Edgar. Uh, I also have the Paula Edgar on YouTube. And um, and I look forward to connecting and engaging. And please do go to visit PaulaEdgar.com uh, to connect and join my, my, um, my newsletter. Yay. Well, Paula, again, you know, I love and adore you. I love when we get a, the chance to spend time like this together. So thank you, because I also know how busy your schedule is for taking the time to do this today. And again, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, we'll see you next time. That is it for today's show. And so we will see you uh, next week. Until then, remember, it's about more than money. Bye.